Price G, for the Lord, for the people. Let's go. Bam in the bush. I got a bam in the bush. Hey there friends and welcome to Becoming a Boss where we take some time each week to talk with someone who is wrestling with a specific situation at work. Some want to be helped and some just want to be heard. I'm here with Wallace today. Hello. And this week we are listening to a caller who's facing a problem with communication. Apparently that is all the rage right now. Yes. We just need better communication. So there is that. Me and you communicate just fine. Just fine. And especially because if I don't know my feelings, I'm like, hey, Wallace, can you tell me how I feel? (laughs) Can you explain it to me? All right. So we'll dig into the caller. And just so everyone knows, the caller is anonymous, so her voice has been changed. So in case you were wondering, wow, Daphne sounds kind of robotic. Yeah, because she is. But we like her anyway. But anyway, it's a real caller, though, and a real story. So here we go. Without further ado, let's listen to what the caller sent us. Hello, this is Daphne. I'm calling because we have a problem at work, and I really just mainly want to be heard, or maybe I want managers to hear this. We're working for a company that was recently taken over by another company, and the transition was difficult. It was a whole new business structure, including lots of changes. In the beginning of the transition, the quality analyst who monitors calls to see what we are doing was very helpful and informative, and I had a positive attitude about it once the transition part was completed. However, now that we are fully transitioned, they have simplified the grading scale so that now part of it is just hit or miss, whereas before we had a percentage. I have a feeling that there are too many calls having to be reviewed on a daily basis for the team to be able to keep up because all of our reviewed calls are coming out with the same score. Everyone on my team is quite aggravated and frustrated. They don't know why they're getting the scores that they are getting, so they are confused angry and frustrated because the QA team is supposed to be helpful to us and improve the quality of customer care. And it's actually probably tearing down the company right now. It's having a very negative effect. So that's my story. Thanks. So wait, I'm trying to understand. So it used to be a percentage. Mm -hmm. And now it's hit or miss, pass fail, I guess. The part that confuses me is that they had a transition period where they're learning the new system or whatever. So great, because that's a great best practice to have a transitioning period when you're yeah. doing something new. But it, it sounds like the grading scale then changed after that. Right. So why wouldn't you, I don't know, it sounds a little, sounds a little funky, funky fresh. What do you Are think? Are we missing details? Well, I mean, it's a recording, so we yeah, we, yeah, it's part of our struggle. And it sounds urgent. I mean, it sounds mm-hmm. really like the consequences are. She said it's tearing down the company. Well, yeah. One thing is, I think she she sounds like a protector. You know, some people are naturally protective of people in general, their family, their friends, their people, their you know. And she sounds to me like a protector, but definitely the team is being impacted. Hmm. That's terrible. (sighs) Yeah. And she does sound like a protector. And I do wonder how much of the things she said about the team, they're angry, they're frustrated. Mm -hmm. I wonder how much, like I would want to ask her. Yeah. Give me examples. Have they told you? I feel like she's feeling, I mean, it's it's possible that they're all feeling like that, but Mm -hmm. I just, she's very passionate about this. I can tell. And I respect it. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they didn't tell them that there would be 
Mm-hmm. That's, I think, a huge problem. It sounds like they didn't tell them that there was going to be a change in the grading scale. Yeah. Why does she say she feels like maybe there's too many calls? Oh, yeah. She said that the scores are all coming back the same. So she must be talking with other people. Otherwise, she wouldn't know that. So she's probably in a powwow with some teammates and they're saying, I got this score. I got this score. I got this score. I got this comment. I got this comment. I got this comment. And speaking from just, I mean, I've just worked with QA analysts before in the past. When they monitor calls, they sometimes copy and paste their comments, which is not necessarily the worst thing in the world because... A lot of times you can say the same great things. Oh, Wallace sounded great. She greeted the customer with a friendly opening. She, you know, da 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 yeah. So you can, I mean, you can copy and paste the comments. But I think what's really bothering her is that they're all failing allegedly and they're all getting the same comments and they had a transition period. So why weren't these things addressed right. in the transition period when they were allegedly supposed to be learning the new system mm, i'm stressed out it's not even my problem <laughs> <laughs> so maybe there's the volume it's causing the quality the qa people to just copy paste copy paste copy paste because it's so many of them or mm, that's what the i mean that's what the caller says but any analyst is having to grade a lot of calls and they probably do typically copy and paste it some point so that's like a standard i think so i've managed probably qa i don't know five different times like five different things so i can say yeah they yeah they copy and paste okay but so the the real problem in my opinion is that they weren't clear Mm because they don't know why they don't know why they're getting the scores that they're getting right and there used to be a percentage and now it's pass or fail right which is fine people change or people change (laughs) People do change, but systems change. And Mm -hmm. one of the hardest things is launching. Whenever you launch a new QA program or you launch a new anything, there are a lot of moving parts and it's hard to keep everyone on the same page and make sure all the, you know, it's difficult. So it sounds like somebody dropped the ball in communication to me, which is funny because we've only done, this is our third go and we're already seeing a trend. I feel like fuzzy expectations. Yes. And, and poor communication. Mm-hmm. You get a fuzzy expectation. You get a fuzzy. Yes. Um, but the twist for Daphne's story is that it's a new launch. So we've not really heard that twist before. So that's good. And launches are hard. And transitions are hard. And when a company comes in mm-hmm. to acquire another company, oh, yeah. that's always messy. It is. Because... You know, change is hard. And to the people that were there before, they want to do it. They want to do things the way they were doing them because Mm -hmm. that's what they know and that's Mm. what they're comfortable with. And the people coming in are like, no, we're we're top dog. We're the ones acquiring you. So we're going to do it our way because that's the way we do it. One thing that I learned, are you familiar with? It's called DISC. It's a behavioral analysis profile. Yeah. Yeah. So I read that a lot of people fall into the S category and that the category of S avoid, they tend to avoid change, which Mm -hmm. I feel like is, you know, that sounds right. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, it sounds like, right. So which makes the launch or a change or a, a company acquisition even, or all those things extra hard. Yeah. I think too. 
I'm an early adopter, personally. I think because, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, if you take a step back and your company is launching a new QA strategy and we need you to hop on board, I just think in my mind, even if I didn't like it, just for example, what am I going to do? Right. I'm a manager. Right. And there's 90,000 other managers and there was a bajillion of employees. And I certainly am not going to be making any decisions. So whether I like it or not, it's happening. Right, Might right, as well right. accept it. Yeah, that's a good. And learn it and learn how to win. I also think I can win everything. What if it's awful? What if it's like a backwards way? I mean, I've never really, to be honest, and I've launched more things than the average bear, for sure. And I have never seen a time when we went from the old thing to the new thing and it was worse. I've never seen that. I've seen it not rolled out well. Interesting. I have not. Because technology, the technological advances should automatically make something better. For example, we used to have to handwrite everything. Now I can just click a button and record. It's funny you should say that because I just met someone who told me that handwritten was better than digital. <laughs> so because why? I am not sure. They said things were being missed that way. Things were falling through the cracks. So mm. collecting handwritten data is better and more efficient. Hmm. Well, um, so that was interesting. Have you ever read my handwriting? Because That's I can assure you what I'm saying. But this person was very adamant and they said, we don't do digital. That is my choice. And that is what works for us. I would just have questions. Yeah, you know, the Lord's been working on my heart about questions. <laughs> He really has. And it is incredible because I find myself where I would have had so many questions. I find myself just nodding when I get these answers. I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> and I couldn't really, seriously, maybe last year it would have been an agitation for me. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just nodding. I'm like, okay, well, okay, sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If that's what works for you, I love it. Yes, seriously, I don't have questions mm. now. I'm like, or like I have some questions, but it's, it's a lot easier to let it go. I love that. But anyway, you know, that's how, you know, Steve and I met at work and we were, our company was acquired by a bigger company. Mm. That's really when we started talking was when this happened. And let me tell you, everybody. So it was a 40, 50 employee company. We were very small. This other company was like, 500 employees so they weren't that big but for our scale they were you know huge mm -hmm. and as you can imagine a 40 some employee company very small obviously so you you have mm -hmm. you know intimacy intimacy and you just do things differently because it's not that many people to consider mm -hmm. it was four owners four equal owners of the company. So the four of them made the decisions and the 40 of us were fine with that. And it was so transparent and so, you know, I did payroll and I had a very good idea on like how much money the company was making, how much money the company was bringing in. When there was a profit, they gave everybody a little bonus. But it was so, it was like nice. And then came this other company where we just knew it was just, it was just not, they, they weren't, 
at that stage of having that level of transparency and having that level of intimacy mm. and, and familiarity with their employees because they were on a much larger scale. And so coming in, that was a shell shock for us. I mean, we had a monthly lunch where literally all of us sat, sat together, together and had lunch. Mm, that's great. So that's what we were used to. And then everybody knew about everybody's families and mm. all of, it was cute like that. Mm -hmm. And everybody, you know, if you were sick, somebody brought you a casserole. It was cute. It was like cute. Aww. And yeah, people were freaked out when this bigger company came mm -hmm. and had they had their own, they even did payroll differently. Something as simple as you're not going to get paid on the 15th and the 1st anymore. We pay on the, the every other Thursday. Wh whatever it, it was, it was just different and people were freaking out. Yeah. Freaking out. So talk to me about the rollout. We heard about it. They told us within 30 days of Okay. Happening, that they had sold the company. Okay. And then were those owners still involved after the fact? Yes, but not in owner capacity. Okay. So they, they were, sold. They, 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 they literally voice. sold. They had a voice. They had somewhat of a voice. A couple of them went to sales. One eventually retired and the other person stayed as like a practice leader and then he eventually left also. So they were still there and that was comforting. It was done very well, but it was intimidating. We each had to be interviewed. We were each interviewed all over for our jobs, which yeah. that was scary. That actually happened to somebody I know as well. Yeah, that was kind of scary. They had to re-interview for their job when they already had it. Yeah, and you know, I personally didn't think I'm gonna interview for this and I'm not gonna get the job. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't think it was like that, mm -hmm. but it was still, you know, and we did the disc assessments. Like, they did all these okay. things that, you know, just hadn't, it kind of felt you were tested all over again. I had only been there for a couple of years, but some people had been there for 10 years when this happened. So they were like, mm -hmm. what the heck? Like, why am I being interviewed now for this job I've had for 10 years? Right. Yeah, it was... Well, when you have something for 10 years, that's a real shocker. I don't care what it is. For sure. If I have a pillow for 10 years... I mean, I haven't had a pillow for 10 years. But you know what I mean. Yes, but there was a lot of good that came with it. Being a bigger company, for somebody like Steve, who was in technology, the smaller company couldn't really afford to pay for a lot of training, send them to a lot of places. This company now, it's like, okay, now you can go to Microsoft and attend this conference and that conference. Like they had a bigger budget for that kind of stuff. So it was good. Yeah. Like, it was ultimately good. Mm -hmm. Just hard to transition. Yeah, I mean, they changed the coffee we drank and that was a thing. And that was a little things like that. People have a huge problem with. Did you, do you remember taking any polls or surveys? as an associate at that time. No. Do you guys, how do you feel about this? How Absolutely about not. Mm. Absolutely not. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. This is what we do. Right. I think that's a mistake. Yeah. I've taken over a whole bunch of teams in my career and the very first thing that I do, what do you love? What do you not love? What do you want more of? Because how do you care for people if you don't know what they need? Oh yeah. I don't even, I don't, I can't even understand how you would do that. Mm. What's going well? What's not going well? What can we do better? What's our biggest opportunity, do you think, as a team? And if I'm in charge of you, how do I help you if I don't know how you feel? Yeah, not at all. 
I think it speaks to engagement and our caller is definitely not feeling engaged. In fact, I think she's feeling disengaged because not only are these changes happening without her input or her consent or her opinion, but also without having a clear expectation of what the expectation is. And the whole team is unclear because she's been chatting with them. They're getting all the same scores and they're assuming that they're having too many calls. They can't keep up. They're, they're all, and we, and we do this. We were talking about this earlier. If we don't know the reason that a person did something, we start making these reasons up in our head, just wondering and thinking and trying to understand. And a lot of times what we make up in our head is worse than the actual truth. Right. So whether what she's saying is true or not, she's thinking it right. because they're not liking the result that they're getting and they're not getting any type of explanation. Right. And like we said the other day, perception is reality. So whether that's true or not, this is her perception. And launching is hard. One thing that went really well was that someone decided to have a transition period. So that's great. Yes. It's just that there was no follow through after the fact because during the transition period, that's the time when you learn mm -hmm. or you're supposed to learn. One of the trends that I noticed that was a good trend throughout the different teams that I had was for QA specifically, when you first came on to the team, you would get a grace period. And so for whatever it was, 30, 60, 90 days, we will give you scores, but they're not going to actually count. We're only going to give you scores so that you can learn. Oh, that's great. How you're being scored. Oh, that's amazing. So your manager has an opportunity to meet with you several times in your one-on-ones. And you can and, ask questions. And they can coach you on, you know, you received a 75%, which is okay. But the goal is 90%. Let's talk about what we missed just so we could get better, even though this doesn't count. This score right. is not counting. No, that's perfect. And that's so perfect. You don't feel the pressure of having to get a good score. You only feel the pressure of having to learn how to get a I good score. I love that. So I think that's great. I love that trend. So I'm not sure what happened in this case, but it wasn't that. No, no. And it almost sounds like, because she said the person, the, the QA person that was helping them was great and everything was great at first. Uh-huh. And then after the transition was completed, it sounds like things changed. The scoring, the scoring changed. changed. And that's what I really have an issue with. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I think that's what they really have an yes. issue with. If the scoring was going to change, it should have been, you know, I wonder how that would have been different if they would have been surveyed on changing. And maybe that wasn't a possibility, but at least, you know, maybe it wasn't possible to, maybe this wasn't a thing about getting an opinion, but at least communicate it. Before it actually before happened. Before it actually happened. I've noticed this with my daughter. I have to explain to her what's going to happen next because she gets really upset if she feels jolted. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's amplified because she's a little kid. But I think that happens for us, too. If we're not sure what to expect, it's scary. Yes. The unknown is scary. It's scary, for sure. And if we have at least some, maybe we don't know every single detail, but if we just know kind of what's about to happen, then we feel a little more comfortable and relaxed and at ease with the situation. So telling them, here's how the score is going to be. Here's how it's going to go. And giving them an opportunity to ask questions. Yes. Okay. So we're talking about asking questions. The manager wasn't mentioned in the caller's recording. So we don't know if they had already asked the manager, because I think this is something, if you're meeting with your team all the time, then you should, one of them probably would have told you, right? Right. One would think. One, one would, would think. One would yes. hope. Yeah. I mean, there's no way that they wouldn't. Right. So either, I mean, there's, there's some options, I guess. 
the manager is not meeting with them. I'm going to tell you a fun fact. Is Daphne the manager? No. Okay. No. I read that 60% of new managers fail within the first two years. Oof. Guess why they fail? Why? Communication. Communication. Mm-hmm. Which we can see is a trend. 60%. And I would go so far as to say you should be having meetings with your team all the time. One-on-one meetings, team meetings. These should be a regular occurrence. Yes, I agree. And I've also heard that people don't quit their jobs, they quit their managers. Yeah. Well, also, if I'm meeting with my manager all the time, I feel like she's listening to me. I feel like she cares about me. I feel like she knows me as a person. And it makes it harder for me to leave her. Right. Doesn't it? Provided it's a good meeting. Provided it's a good intentional meeting. If I feel all those things. If you feel those things. But there, I'm saying there could be a meeting happening and you not feel those things. Hmm. Well, let me just tell people that I have a one-on-one meeting guide. I was going to say, if anyone wants to do a good one-on-one and make you feel those feelings that you're saying, because that it's 100% the truth, the same way that it's so easy to quit a job because of a manager that you don't feel any kind of connection or any like they appreciate your care in any way, Mm -hmm. it is hard to leave a job where you do feel like your manager cares and they're invested mm-hmm. in you and the work you're doing, I think, yes, your one-on-one guide is the best way to go because, and that's what I was trying to say before, not, not all meetings are created equal. Let's just say that. <laughs> not, not all one-on-ones are created equal. Let's just say that. And I just don't want people to think they can call a meeting and and get in a room with you for 30 minutes and check mm-hmm. a box because mm-hmm. that's not what's going to do it. There has to be intentionality behind it. And I think your mm-hmm. cheat sheet that you put together is perfect to guide that conversation well, and make people feel cared for, not just mm-hmm. their output, but you know them as individuals and their career goals and, and just all of that, mm-hmm. which, yeah, does well, make a huge difference. I appreciate that. I have been holding one-on-ones for a really long time, so I'm happy to, to give it to people for free so that they can use with their own teams. And it just serves as a guide if you don't know how to hold a one-on-one meeting. Right. And the, the feedback that I received was, I'm a new manager. I don't know, I don't know right. how to hold a one-on-one. Right. You don't know what you don't know. And so I'm not doing it because I don't want to go in there and mess it up. Right. So this, and it has questions and everything. You could literally read the questions and your team will, I I honestly, I don't know how you could follow the steps and have them not know you care about them. Correct. I just don't know how you could. So anyway, that's there for you. All right. Well, that's it for today. But remember that you can find my one-on-one meeting guide in the show notes linked in the description. And as always, I want to say thank you to all of our boss listeners. Thank you to our caller for sharing her story. And a special thanks to my dear friend Wallace for hosting with me today. And hey, if you want to help us change lives, give us a five-star rating. Or if you think your story can help others, give us a call at 864-619-1683 to help us inspire and equip others on their journey of becoming a boss. And listen, friend, we know it's not easy, but remember that whatever it is you're walking through, you are not alone. And together, we can make the world a better place to work. Thanks for listening, team. Take care and see you next week. Yeah. I got a in the bush. I'm the guy gonna provide for me. That's why I stand on the book.